Let's begin with a word of prayer. My prayer tonight, Lord, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. So every generation has their own Cinderella. Did you know that? Some people have Diana Durbin. Some people in the room don't even know who that was. <laughs> Leslie Ann Warren. Yeah. Right? Brandy. Uh, Julia Roberts in the movie Pretty Woman was a Cinderella. Uh, Drew Barrymore was a Cinderella. Anne Hathaway. They keep telling the story of Cinderella. Why? Well, because there's this wonderful moment when Cinderella is at her absolute lowest point. And her fairy godmother arrives and sings bibbidi bobbidi boo <laughs> or impossible things are happening every day. And what little girl doesn't want to be a princess? You can ask almost any little girl, who's your favorite princess? And she'll tell you. It could be Jasmine. It could be Belle. It could be anyone. I always say my favorite princess is Belle. She likes to read. She likes to sing. And she likes big hairy men. <laughs> Now, Vicky would tell you that I should pick Ariel because Ariel has red hair. And we know I have a fondness for Vicky, who has red hair. But think about this. Disney has made billions of dollars reminding us that impossible things happen every day. They are stealing our money. <laughs> I want you to think about 3,400 years ago, a group, a ragtag group, came out of the desert. They had 600,000 fighting men. Even by today's standards, that's a large army. And if every fighting man had a mom and a dad, and each mom and a dad had maybe another two kids, we're talking between two and three million people. I want you to get that number in your mind. Two to three million people came out of the desert. Now, how long had they been in the desert? For 40 years. 40 years. And in those 40 years, they had never gone to Wegmans. <laughs> they had never gone to Target. And they had never had to worry about anything. They never had to pay their CCMUA. Why? Because God provided for 40 years. You want miraculous Every day for 40 years, those 2 to 3 million people had food, water, clothing. And if that wasn't a clear presentation of the presence of God, in the front of their camp during the day was a pillar of cloud, and at night there was a pillar of fire. If that's not enough to believe in impossible things... Now remember, some of the people God was quite angry with, and he killed them off. But... If they were in this group of two to three million people and they were over the age of 45, they had seen all 10 plagues. They had seen the Red Sea parted. They had seen the Egyptian army, the greatest military force of the day, washed under the water. These people knew better than any people in all of history that impossible things happen every day. And they came up to this little place called Jericho. Now, you may have seen pictures in the children's coloring books or when I was a kid, the flannel graph, or even if you've watched Veggie Tales with the Slushinator 2000, they have this picture of this big monolithic wall 
Well, it wasn't that much. The archaeologists have dug up the pieces of Jericho's wall. I don't know if you know this. And I made some notes here. The wall was about seven feet thick. Now, we're, we're thinking that's a lot. Imagine if you had to build that by hand and carry the stones yourself. It was 17 feet thick. It was 12 to 17 feet high. And they believe that all of Jericho was only about six acres. So I looked it up. That's four and a half football fields. That was the entire monolith of Jericho. And I don't understand this, but they had a moat. They didn't have any water in the moat. They were in the desert, but they had a moat. And around the outside of the city, there was a ditch that was 27 feet across and nine feet deep. Which is the perfect place for a wall to fall into. Just thought you'd want to know that right up front. So these people that knew the impossible was possible walked around the city of Jericho once. And then the second day, they did it again. And the third and the fourth, you know the story, the fifth and the sixth. And on the seventh day, they walked around Jericho six times. And on the seventh time, all the priests blew their horns when the people shouted, what happened? Well, if you're going to go home with one verse today, make it Joshua 6.20. Here's what it says. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Impossible things are happening every day. There's three things I want you to take home. The first one is that the Israelites trusted God. They had no choice. He had cared for them for 40 years. Why wouldn't they trust him when they came to that monolith of Jericho? They had faith in God. Now, we talked about this last Sunday. Faith is not a possession. It's an activity. And they had had to build that faith and trust in God over the 40 plus years that he had cared for them. The second thing is they followed God's instruction. I don't know of any other general that said, oh, by the way, we're going to walk around the enemy. We're not going to shoot at him. We're not going to yell at him. We're, not going to, we're just going to walk around six times. Anybody else would have said, general, you're crazy. But these people knew that they had to follow God's instructions. Matthew says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. And if Jericho's door is locked, follow my instructions. We can take care of that for you. And the third thing is the Israelites, the Israelites, they expected the impossible. They expected the miraculous. They expected the kingdom of God to be built on this earth. Now, there's a book I, I gave the leadership of the church called What is Prayer by J.T. Myers. And he says, church, we need to recapture the power of the impossible prayer. We go to the throne of grace with our hat in hand and we say, well, Lord, if you have the time, if it's in your will, maybe, possibly, if. And if we don't get an answer to prayer, we go, well, he's busy. No, no. He's God. He does impossible things every day. So what are your walls? We're going to have a time of prayer. What are your walls? 
What is keeping you from God's promise? Well, the most obvious wall is sin. Sin keeps us all from God's promise, doesn't it? And Jesus came and paid the penalty for our sin so that wall would fall down. Some of you have money problems. Some of you have job problems. We have problems with our family. Our past gets in the way. All of these are walls that with a shout, a declaration of praise, a claim of the promise of God can fall down. Some of us have illness and others have walls that didn't make my list. Why? Because I'm human and I don't make a perfect list. Only God knows what keeps you from his blessing. But Pastor Wiki and I would love to take this time, if you have a prayer concern for yourself, for someone else, for your family, we'd love to pray with you and then close with a benediction. Amen.